I'm Tom Morello, host of Maximum Firepower, a weekly podcast focusing on the music, the moments, and the movements that have shaped my worldview and left an indelible mark on me as an artist and activist. Correct with Maximum Firepower. You and me. This is Tom Morello's Maximum Firepower. I'm Tom Morello, and this is Maximum Firepower. This latest edition, we are talking about my brand new song, Radium Girls, off the Catastrophus EP, uh, which I made with Bloody Beetroots. And the song Radium Girls features four historically excellent rocking rebel women, including Nadia from Pussy Riot and Amy Interrupter from The Interrupters. But we have here the other two vocalists on the song, which is Delilah from The Last International and Mish Way from White Lung. Welcome, Mish and Delilah, to Maximum Firepower. Thank you so much. It's an honor. Yeah, well, it's, it's thank, <laughs> thank you so much for participating in this song. This is a song that I had kind of had in the works for a while. And Mish was Jenny Beth from Savages and I uh, wrote the song some time ago. And Mish was the first one to sort of tackle it in the vocal booth. So, But before we get into sort of the details of the song, Radium Girls tells the true life story of one of the great industrial crimes in 20th century American history. Well, I grew up in a small town of Marseilles, Illinois, which was next to the town of Ottawa, Illinois. And the crazy thing, as a kid, I would look at the water bills that we got. And on the water bills, there was something like highlighted in red. It was a warning of a radium content in the water. And there was a number every month. And it was said like, drinking X amount of radium is dangerous for you. And then there'd be a number for what the amount was in the water that month. And I thought that's a crazy thing. Since this is on our ice cubes, it's in our drinking water, it's in the public swimming pool where we all swim. As a little kid, I was just like, should we? Radium doesn't seem like delicious. That seems like, and it was only with, <laughs> it was, it was only like years later that I realized where this had come from. There was a radium factory in Ottawa, Illinois. That's the town next door that made luminescent dials for glow in the dark watches. The girls who worked at the factory, and it was, it was young women and girls because they thought their hands were more delicate. They used paintbrushes to paint the radium based luminescent paint on those dials, and they were encouraged to lick the tips of the paintbrushes to sharpen the point, increasing accuracy, productivity, and profit. They were told that it was completely safe, so much so that the girls played with the paint. They would paint their teeth, and they would paint their nails, and they'd paint each other's faces, and they had a jolly old time of it, whereas the the people who ran the factory never got themselves anywhere near the paint because they knew that it was potentially seriously dangerous, which it was. They were assured by the company not only that it was safe, but that the radium in their mouths and in their skin would make their cheeks rosier and would make them prettier girls. And then their jaws started falling off. Their bones became honeycombed and brittle with cancer, and many of them died. Dozens of the girls had been dying for a while, while the company continued to lie to their families. When they finally, the dying girls sued the company, they were wheeled into court. The radium company then tried to prolong the legal proceedings long enough so the girls would all die off before a judgment was rendered. These court cases and the resulting publicity led to historic national labor protection legislation, which is protecting workers all over the country today. When it was clearly known to the world that this radium was devastating and caused cancer, they destroyed the factory. And rather than like 
sealing it or something. They buried it in local landfill, which is why the groundwater in the area to this day has a super high radium content and cancer rates in the area are much higher than there. And other. it's a very Aaron Brockovich kind of story, but there's no Aaron oh, wow. Brockovich until this video. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no one stands up for these people. And to this day, our radium is still a significant problem. The girls' bodies were so toxic with the radium, they had to be buried in lead-lined coffins so they wouldn't contaminate the ground in the cemetery and the groundwater. So this story resurfaced probably about 20 years ago when the town of Ottawa wanted to build a monument to the radium girls. And the local business community was steadfastly against the monument because it sort of unearthed an unsavory part of the business history of the community. And it wasn't sort of good for public relations. I got involved in this issue and I offered to just buy the fucking monument and put it there you know wow. uh, but 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 some local I didn't labor know union, that. wow yeah but some lo- local labor unions had stepped in ahead of time and they bought the property and erected the monument before i needed to do that every year with my family we visit the radium girls monument and lay flowers on their graves for these quiet heroes anyway so that is the story behind the song radium girls but it's not just a story it is now a song and life has been breathed in the song by mishwe and delilah pause and i'd like so mish tell me when like how did this wash up on your shore originally uh when we connected for you to record the song radium girls yeah i think it was quite some time ago now but um you invited me graciously to come so we had already actually done i think i I already come over to your studio and sung a different song yeah and then jenny had made this with you and she wanted the vocals redone and you asked me to come yeah and yeah and i sang it tried to give it some life and i didn't know the story of the radium girls until Uh, you told me and i kind of went on a deep dive and it really spoke to me, too. Uh, so I was super happy to be a part of the song. And I love the way it turned out. I think you have just, there's been layers upon layers put into this song. And now it's like this wild, yeah. crazy collaboration. And I'm just happy to be a part of it. Yeah, well, I'm very, very grateful. And you were true blue and steadfast from day one. And, and you sound great on the song. So I appreciate that. Uh, so Delilah, tell me, about, tell me about your work on Radium Girls. Well, I think, I was. did I come in at the end? You came in at did, the right? end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've worked for, first of all, Delana's band, you Delana's did all the last We've yeah, but we've been friends and musical comrades for a very, very long time. And Delilah is currently on this podcast from Portugal, where I believe she has relocated yeah. with the Last International, who are yeah. huge, st- huge stars. And if, if you don't know them, you should because they're big, they're huge stars in Portugal and soon and, to be hopefully yeah. <laughs> everywhere else. But anyway, go on. Yeah, from New York to Portugal. <laughs> well, I I came at the end, and the song was like finished, really. I think by the time I, I heard it and mm-hmm. you told me about it, I knew the story just very little about it. I just knew a little bit about the, I heard of radium girls, but then I also, after you told me about it, I went and I like researched it and it was a horrifying story. But the song, as soon as I heard the beat, I'm like, yeah. And I, it was rocking. Like everything you do is always rocking. So, but I came in at the end. So I was just like, all right, I gotta just put in all my energy and it's all about energy. And that's what you feel from the song, right from the start. So I just yeah, try to yeah. Well, you, you sound fan- <laughs> you sound fantastic as you do on all of your stuff. But thank you as as well for participating. Like it was originally sort of we had the song, you know, mission song, and Jenny and I had kind of worked on it. So this is part of an EP with Bloody Beetroots called The Catastrophist, and we wanted this song to be the first single one because it told an important story, and two because it's a jam with mm-hmm. four really great 
different, very independently minded, very powerful women on it who now are giving voice, you know, to these women from the past. So that was that was important. So Nadia from Pussy Riot sings on as well as this Amy Interrupter from the Interrupters, a great band sort of in the rancid vein of rocking. So then we just finished the video like days ago. The video is a powerful sort of presentation of both the story and of you know, the 2021 value of a kick-ass rock and roll song to be able to sort of like tell a tale. These days, videos are made on a budget. Like we shot audio slave videos. They would like write you a check for a million dollars to blow up everything <laughs> in the universe and film it over the course of 19 days. It was like every, but you, you, could, basically, you wow. could basically make the Titanic, you know, like if you want a video. Nowadays, like I've been directing my own videos lately, but with a very limited budget, I think that we, we made a, a compelling tale, including like some excellent green screen work from the two of you. Mish has two young children that she's like having to juggle while, <laughs> while, while singing very emotively yeah. and the thing. So so how was that experience of making the video for you? Well, I, I really appreciate you guys letting me have that Saturday because I basically, my band is, we took a break from touring around 2017, my band White Lung, and we've been off the road and I've used that time to have two children. And yeah. so... It was actually interesting to get back in that headspace. Like I haven't had to lip sync or sing in, in a video and like pull up all that kind of stuff again. And so it was really fun. And uh, yeah, I was happy to do it. But I definitely had to have some shots of whiskey first. Just... <laughs> there's, there's nothing... I did. I was like, oh, man. There's nothing like a drunk mother of two in a video. Let me tell you that. That, <laughs> is, that is one of the most compelling things you could have on green screen. It's like so two, nice. Two infants crying in the background and mom just like. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what was, what was My the husband whiskey? was watching them. Yeah, yeah well, I'm sure he was. Uh, what was the whiskey of choice? <laughs> Oh, uh, Jim Beam, always. Jim Beam, always. Okay, great. Fantastic. Uh, yes. and, then, and then Delilah, I believe that we sent you because you were in the process of moving from New York to Portugal. And so we like yeah. sent, we mailed you a green screen in order yeah. to, to, to get this done like on the last day. So tell me about that process in, a little bit. Uh, in New York, I mean, space is very limited. We are yeah. staying at my family's house. So even recording, it was like, I'm in this tiny room. I'm like, I'm going to be making some crazy noises so no one bother me. <laughs> I, I I literally went and ran to Guitar Center to buy a microphone because everything was in Portugal. Uh, I was just yeah, visiting yeah. family. Yeah. But we did it. And then we did the green screen, set it up in like someone's bedroom. And we didn't realize that it, it was wrinkly. I didn't know that you had to like have it taut and uh, it's, well, that yeah. flat. Like we realized that after we shot for hours, we're like, we hope it would work. <laughs> but it ended, it ended up working. So it worked I mean, great. It worked yeah. great. It worked great. So I'm, I'm glad you didn't disturb your family too much with the. Uh, but I think, I, think the, I think the video came out great. And the video, if you haven't seen it, like you know, it basically sort of we found like archival footage from the factories and of that time and stuff, and and then mixed it, mixed it with this. And one of the you know one of the most unnerving parts parts of the story and parts of the video, which uh, Delilah, I think that you did most of it in the video, was how they did, they painted their teeth. So their teeth would glow in the dark with this stuff that was, there was no chance it wasn't going to make their faces disintegrate. And yet they sort of yeah. happily were doing this at work. And you kind of bring that into the video, which is a gnarly part of Yeah, I of didn't it, know so. that, that they were painting their nails. They said they would like yeah. play with it and parts of their skin was glowing. Like one girl's back was glowing. Yeah. Different parts of their body and... Yeah. But what did they call themselves the ghost girls too? Because when they'd walk around at night, they'd be glowing, and they it was like glowing, they yeah. thought it was cool. Yeah. They thought it was so first. cool. Yeah, so, yeah because yeah. of all the radium they had ingested, they just literally began to glow in the dark, like the watches that they were painting. And it's just so it's so insidious how the it really is 
an indictment of how people do business is like they knew like they the company was sort of in league with the company like had sort of the hired doctor that would tell them that everything was fine even though it was a person eventually i think there was one or two of the doctors finally said i just can't do this anymore like i can't be like telling these girls who are destined to you know die from these horrible cancers that really it's just going to be fine and their cheeks are going to be rosier because of it and then cut to you know 15 20 years ago when they were trying to build a monument to them and that resistance as well. I mean, that to me, that's, these are these little historical threads that once you begin pulling on them, the whole sweater of what our society is about reveals itself in my, in my view. Anyway, one thing that has been very challenging and Mish, I don't, maybe perhaps you, you've answered this question already, but have you been making music at all during the time of lockdown? Not during lockdown, right before we actually finished an album that was supposed to come out 2020. But obviously that all got turned on its head and now it's been set for a later release date. I have been actually playing a lot at home, just playing acoustic guitar and doing things like that that I don't normally do, especially when I'm touring, obviously. And that's Mm -hmm. been very joyous. I live in the mountains way outside of town. And so Mm -hmm. we're kind of isolated and I've just been enjoying that. And Delilah, you've played shows during this time, right? Not in New York, but in when yeah. we were in Portugal, we did. And we played one in Spain, but it was those socially distant shows where everyone's spread out and have masks on outside. Yeah. We're doing another one soon in Portugal as a benefit. So we're going to see how that works out. And so, but, yeah. how was, so, so did you write or record during the last, you know, year, 14 yeah, months or well, so? Yeah. Um, we did. We did a live album of our songs from Soul and Fire. And mm-hmm. then we recorded demos for like two albums worth of songs. So mm-hmm. now we're finally... We recorded a music video in Chinatown, New York City, when we were in New York. So that's going to come out soon. <laughs> Great. And uh, so new music. Like, we want to keep releasing music. We don't have a label right now. So it'll be independent and just keep on we're, releasing let, songs. Let me tell you, there's nothing like <laughs> releasing music. Like, you used to think you needed all of that. You know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. and, so, and sometimes it can be helpful. But you absolutely... Here's the message to everybody out there who is is a musician. You don't need to wait. You don't need to move no. to another city and attract the attention of an A&R person, you know, who then <laughs> will give you a budget to do... Like, you don't. Like, for me, like, I... The first four months of lockdown time, it was the only time in my adult life, you know, since I was 17 years old, when I have not been creative. It was part sort of depression, but then it was also practical. Like, I have a studio at my house, and I don't know how to work it. I have an engineer who sits there and twists all the knobs. The only button they allow me to touch is the volume knob to turn it up or down, you know, when we're listening <laughs> listening to playback. So here I was, I was just thinking, this is an open-ended, unending plague that we're looking at here. And I have two, like my mom, who's 97, and my mother-in-law, who's 90. They were here as well. So we were really, really locked down. There was no engineer who was going to come in. I thought, well, I'm just done making music. And it was super depressing. And then I read The Savior during this time will be, this is a very surprising person, Kanye West. I read an article by Kanye West who said that he recorded the vocals for several of his records, big hit records, on the voice memo on his phone. And I was like, really? So I just tried recording guitar straight into the voice memo on my phone, and I sent it to Bloody Beatroots, and within... 15 minutes, he, you know, sent me a video of him working on the track that sounded like a huge jam. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> like, <Damn. laughs> like there's a way, like there's a way. And that really provided a real life raft during this time to be able to, with my limited technical ability, to be able to make as much music as I want. I think that I mean, from that day, the day of the discovery of the voice message to this, you know, I worked on about 63 songs during lockdown, the most creative period of my entire life because I was so desperate to find something to do, you know, when not sort of 
taking care. Yeah, I was running a nursing home and a daycare center and a kennel yeah. all, at, all at one time. And so I needed to escape up here to make music. But part of the result of that was making this EP with Bloody Beat Roots with Radium Girls as the lead track. I'm Tom Morello. You are listening to Maximum Firepower. My guests are Mishway and Delilah Paz. We're discussing our new song, Radium Girls, off of the Catastrophus EP, my new EP with Bloody Beat Roots. All right, so tell our listeners, Mish, about a little bit, if they don't know who White Lung is, what White Lung is, and what your plans are in 2021 and beyond. So White Lung, uh, we're a band. I'm originally from Canada. My bandmates are from Canada. I've been in uh, California for like eight years now, and we are a punk band. We've done a ton of touring. Um, Our album that you probably, Tom, heard first that got us connected was called Deep Fantasy in 2014. The last one we did was called Paradise, and we have a new one coming out, and I'll slip the name right now, even though nothing's been announced. It's called Premonition, and I think it's going to come out early 2022, and we'll be back. Um, We're playing Riot Fest this fall. So I'll be bringing my kids with me to Riot Fest. Yeah, yeah. welcome to that world. Here you got a whole new... uh, We we could do another show. family trip. We could do another show entirely on the rock dad slash rock mom version of the world, which is, uh, which is, yeah, yeah I just something. felt like I've separated those worlds and now I'm, I'm going to have to mash them together. So <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. awesome Maybe- for the kids though. Bring them in. I've got great photographs of my kids when they're little, like rocking some big European festival. People going nuts, and my kids sound asleep on the stage, like just complete <laughs> ass out, like completely, like we don't care. We're just, <laughs> um, it's well, well, that's excellent. That's I'm a great that. thing. The kids can sleep anywhere. That's why they I, can. you know, yeah, you just yeah. pop them they, on the side. They, that is very, yeah. And and so you, but you also have a, a healthy career as like a writer. Yeah, I've been doing that for a long, long time. I always wrote on the road, and I've. I mean, I was doing tons of freelance work for a while. And then after uh, our last tour in Australia, New Zealand and Singapore in 2017, I actually got hired to run Penthouse magazine, which was crazy. Uh, So I did that for a while. And now I am a producer for a big true crime podcast. So I write episodes of a true crime show, which is, I mean, I've always been a true crime fan. So it's a great thing to be doing in the time between um, albums and touring. Yeah. So I've well, kept myself really busy during uh, the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well it's fascinating. Uh, yeah, Mish has a laser-like intellect and a very sort of thoughtful and important point of view. So Delilah, um, Thank you. You, you guys, so what is your, I know that you have a couple of shows coming up, but as the mm-hmm. world seems to be at least sort of emerging from lockdown times, what are the plans for yourself and Last International? Oh, well, we have a single coming out called Shelter. Mm-hmm. And music videos. And I think we're supposed to be touring in October in the UK. They didn't cancel yet. I don't know how that's going to happen. Because yeah. now, like, Portugal's on the Amber list. I'm, everything's so confusing. Yeah. <laughs> but we're hoping to get on the road and yeah, just it's, keep going. Yeah, it is. At first, I mean, I remember, like, when the world first shut down, it really felt like, like, people had, a lot of people had records, like, White Lung. You had a record in the can that you go, like, what am I going to do? And we had, a, you know, we had a Rage yeah. Against the Machine tour that was about to start. And all of a sudden, it was like, music just stopped now. But then I forget who was a, a couple hours that released stuff earlier on. I thought, that's just insane. You're releasing music and you're not going to be able to tour. And now everybody's like, just screw it. You just got to, like, what? Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's a, for me, it really felt like a way to stay connected outside of mm. this bubble. And 
I released a bunch of music already during pandemic. This is the second EP, you know, already uh, during this time and a couple of singles as well. And it felt like a way to kind of like broadcast into the ether. And I like, we're not just completely alone. And the only, you know, I yeah. talked to the same five or six people for a year in person, but to know that, <laughs> but to know there is a connection, a communication that goes beyond sort of the walls of your home was very I think pre- people appreciate you releasing music too, because people really want music, even if it's not in the face to face. Yeah. Just having a new song and new emotions and the energy that comes through the songs, like it can heal you through just through yeah. listening on the computer or whatever. It, so speaking about like, like, so, so are you, as we're in this sort of transitional period for as, as musicians and as sort of the world, a transitional period, but from where we were not playing shows, not going to shows, not sort of interacting beyond you know, the walls of our home, like both musically and culturally and politically, how have you changed and are you hopeful for what this next sort of chapter of humanity brings. I feel like I am optimistic and I'll speak to only music and this, you know, punk music where I come from, it's, I think there's going to be a return to the DIY to the house party. Cause so many of those venues that we would have played have been absolutely destroyed. And That's so right. people are just like, screw it. Let's do whatever we want. And hopefully that will force young kids to get more creative and and to want to all be in the same room. I think there still is a fear in a lot of people that's instilled. My friend and I were having this conversation about touring the other day. There will be a bit of a fear about getting all back together again. But I hope that we can erase that and try and return because live music is so important, like to feel that and all be in that same space. Yeah, that tribal experience that we've, you know, we've known since we first were introduced to music. Like that's been severed unless you're in Texas mm-hmm. or Oklahoma where it never stopped. But it's, you've been, they've been, <laughs> yeah. you've been or been Florida co- or Florida. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You've been coughing COVID into each other's miles in the mosh pit the whole time. So that's been that's so delightful. Your thoughts on the optimism, pessimism scale. I've become more in um, reflective and I started meditating mm-hmm. and like really um, realizing like what we kind of talked about earlier that like you don't need that much. Like you have what you need to release music and you have what you need to be creative and keeping that creative juice flowing. Like you can find creativity anywhere around you and to keep those juices flowing. And I don't know, I'm optimistic about about the future. I mean, I don't know if it could get any worse. So yeah. 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 For me, look at how fast you turned the video around too, Tom. Sorry to interrupt, but like, I mean, I shot my part on Saturday and you know, my husband (laughs) say, he was like, Oh my God, it's already done. Yeah, like that's that's incredible. That's absolutely incredible that we can do that. That is sort of one of the lessons is that, you know, for a guy who can't, you know, barely change a battery in a Wawa pedal, you know, to be able to work on dozens of songs and, you know, make videos during this time is very encouraging. For me, one of the things that's been a breakthrough is that the way that you work affects the work. Like it's really affected my guitar playing in a way, because normally you're in a studio and you record some parts and you sit down and you listen back to them and you A, B and you edit and this, that and the other. I just record into my phone and that's it. Mm. Like the part is the part I just recorded. There's no way to listen back against a track to see whether it's in tune or you know, it's, it's on this song, like on Radium Girls, like there's a, the introductory riff, which is kind of this chopped it's five different guitar solos mashed into one mashed into one riff at the top. Like that's the kind of thing where, you know, in working with Bloody Beatroots, like that collaboration and that sound never would have happened without the particular circumstances of this time, you know? Mm. Um, and so for all of the downside and the horror of the last year and the anxiety of the last year, that there were some creative silver linings, at least for me, in figuring out a new way to make music, it pushed my creativity 
in directions that I never would have done otherwise. So that's at least part of it. So any final words for those listening to Maximum Firepower about uh, the song Radium Girls? Yeah, I would just encourage um, anyone who listens to it to really look into the story behind it because it makes the lyrics that much more important. And it's an incredible story of women who fought back in a really, really wild situation. I think it's a really important story. It happened in the past, but things from the past always seem to come back again as it's affecting stuff right now, like the water. I mean, I, I didn't write the song, but I'm very happy to be a part of it. And I think everyone should listen to it. <laughs> Fantastic. My sort of final words on this is, is like, this was a small, like this song began with me looking at a water bill. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so like for anybody out there in any creative endeavor, like finding stuff that's close to, and, and this is a story, which is a small town story that now you can watch this video and learn about this story, whether you're in Portugal, whether you're in Peoria, you know, whether you're in Potsdam, where, you know, mm. is like one of the things that I would take out of this is tell your story, you know, and like tell the story of where you like the, the little stuff of that make up who you are and where you're from that can contribute greatly to your art and to share those with people in the greater world. Mish, Delilah, thank you very much uh, for being on Maximum Firepower. I am Tom Morello. Until next time, take it easy, but take it. Let foes of justice tremble. This has been Tom Morello's Maximum Firepower. Hear this episode again or listen to past shows right now on the SiriusXM app. Search Maximum Firepower. Boom.